Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Dean. I'm part of the Teardown and Setup and Teardown crew. Um, Past month or so has been a bit of a big deal for me, so I'm going to share my testimony on that. Uh, Many of you probably saw me in a wheelchair a few weeks ago and then in a walker a week after that, and I'm going to kind of share a little bit about why. Um, I had colon cancer. Notice that's past tense. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Kind of my running joke in this is, through all this, God didn't perform a single miracle. He did six that I know of. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to go into that. So miracle number one is, those of you who don't know, I'm I'm still active duty in the Navy, and until I think it was last year, minimum age for a colonoscopy was 50. I'm 47. They changed that date from 50 to 45. Otherwise, I still wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even have symptoms, none of that. I wouldn't even have no, no I had cancer. So that's, that's the big one, is I was able to know about it because I got the colonoscopy. Um, <clears throat> miracle number two, this is kind of a hard one to accept as a miracle, is my wife Jen and I are going through the IVF process and God introduced a complication, nothing big, just a complication that pushed that time back so that she would be able to be home and care for me through my recovery. So that was, that was a good one. Miracle number three, um, on December 27th, I received the diagnosis from the doctor over the phone. In my other year, the Holy Spirit was talking to me the whole time reminding me of everything that he did, that he's done for me, and how he's kept me safe throughout my life, even before I knew him. And he was like, do you, do you think I'm going to stop now? I, I got this. So even from the moment I got the, uh, the diagnosis, I've had that peace that makes no sense. It was, it's just been absolutely awesome. Um, number four... He actually kind of did this one. Uh, I sorry, I skipped around in that one. Let me back up. No, I'll just not even go into that one. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the fifth one that I'll talk about has been my speedy recovery. I had surgery on January 9th. I'm up walking around. I've, today was my first day really lifting things for the setup and everything. I'm almost back to to full in less than a month. I have nothing to do with this. This has all been God. Um, And then the final one is, I got the confirmation week and a half ago through all the lymph nodes and testing. The cancer is gone. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. I did not beat cancer, he did. That's been, been absolutely awesome about this. Um, yeah, so th- thanks for <laughs> letting me share my testimony. Now I'm going to go, in, go ahead and read today's verse. Uh, is Matthew 9, 35 to 38. 
And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Cancer free, baby. Thank you so much, Jen. Man, a lot of cool stuff happening um, with Dean's life. And in our prayer circle this morning uh, at 9.15, we do a prayer circle. There's always praises. We had another um, friend of somebody here who was uh, healed of cancer, stage four lung cancer. So a lot of cool... A lot of cool, miraculous things that God is doing um, through Aloha and him all over San Diego. So um, if you would like prayer, uh, we do prayer after, uh, before service. There's also a prayer team um, at the end of service as you guys can come down and take communion, ask for prayer. And during our stay while, even outside on the grass, um, you can ask someone for pray. You know, it's a house of prayer, right? We do a couple of things here. According to Acts 2.42, it says, and the, the believers devoted themselves to praying to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to breaking of bread. So all four things uh, are what we do. And today we're going to not just eat bread, but we're going to eat poke. Oh, oh, my goodness. And some Kalua pig. And some Spam musubis. Yeah, musubi. Not a musubi, a musubi. That's okay, we'll help you with the enunciation of these Hawaiian words. Spam, being one of them, just kidding. All right? What is spam? It takes faith. To have spam, you don't know what's in it. By God's grace, substance of things hoped for. Amen? Okay. All right, let's, <laughs> let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for doing miracles, God. You heal people. God, thank you. Thank you for not only healing um, of cancer. You've, uh, by God's grace, you've healed many people's, uh, the way people think, their thought patterns. Clean thoughts, clean lives, pure lives from sin and death and darkness to new life in Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. You're going to pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this is week two. If you have your notes, run with the gospel. Running with the gospel. How many guys like to run? Not many? Okay, some. Right? San Diego is a really big running community, right? We have Roadrunner Sports right there. Perfect, right? You get like slightly brand new shoes. Last week, we said running with the gospel. What does it take to cultivate a heart to share the gospel, to share the good news, to run with the full gospel. This is coming off a series at the end of uh, 2023 of the full gospel, not just Jesus Messiah, so you can go to heaven. That's part of the gospel. But the full gospel includes Pentecost, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the why Jesus died. Not so that just you get your sins forgiven and have a passport free ticket to heaven, but so you can fill your life with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus coming back again. And as you read the full gospel, as you read the Bible, you start to see in the New Testament when Paul preached, he's always preaching the full gospel. And Paul is like, you know, the 
black belt of running with the gospel. And last week we said, hey, two things pressed upon Paul's life, two characteristics of Paul. One, he said, right, to live is gain. No, to die is gain, to live is Christ. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing Paul. Because um, he wanted to be with Jesus. Paul was so impacted by Jesus' life, he loved Jesus. The presence of God was so strong for Paul, he like, I could die today and be in heaven and I'd be super stoked. And he wanted to be with Jesus. As a Christian, we don't fear death, right? We know we're like going to be with Jesus. And then, but he said, but, he's, but Paul was so convinced that his life, his ministry was so impactful for other people to know Jesus. So that really pressed Paul. It was like a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Like pressed or panini. Was it a panini? I guess pressed down. He's like just pressed. I want to be with Jesus, but I know I'm going to be here to help other people grow in Christ. And it's like, hey, you may not be there yet, but that's okay, right? You don't have to pretend to be there. But as we grow, we want to equip you here at Loa Church to experience Jesus, the power of God to be in his presence, his presence is what transforms our life. And as that we grow, we start to love the things God loves, and he loves people. And our love for God compels us to love people and to share the gospel with people, to mentor people, to disciple people, and speak life into people. Amen? That's week one. And then just so happened this week, a friend reached out to me. He's like a professional runner. He's like kind of like, like David Goggins, you know, the morning, like, Christmas, no excuses, I'm running. <laughs> My wife's anniversary, no excuses, I'm running. Like, calm down, buddy. Like, you run so, right? So he does, like, professional races, uh, obstacle races. He's like, I got, a, I got an ultra marathon coming up. I was like, why? Is, why? <laughs> He's like, hey, man, Drew and Trish, you know, like, God's been putting on a heart. We want us to plant a church. And I'm like, why? That's, I'm not saying, he says, that's awesome. So we sat down, and after he's running, you know, and um, he got his cool shoes on. I'm like, those are cool shoes, bro. Um, he's like, hey, give us the 20 questions. Like, what's it take? Discipline, because he's disciplined, obviously disciplined, all these things. A lot of good questions that he asked. And I was like, hey, before you ask any more questions, let's let me ask you one question. Are you sharing the gospel now with people? That's all I want to know. Right before we get into like strategies and how to raise and how, what the name all that stuff, are you sharing the gospel now with people that you're at, wherever you're at, wherever you go? Are you sharing the gospel now? Let me hear some stories, man. So he told me some stories, and I was like, <laughs> with that heart and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, he, that's I think you're like you're more you're more on that side of the church planting world than you think because you're already doing it. We can equip you with all these other things, but, and then I shared that verse. I said, hey, man, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of people out there who are broken and hurting. And even Jesus said, but the laborers are few. Those willing to share are very few. Oftentimes they're scared. And we want to equip you. And I told him, man, you could come and learn, and we would pray for you on Aloha and support you, and you, we, you could plant a church across the street. I don't care. Because the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. I always like to paraphrase. You're not even supposed to add to the Bible, but I do it. I just, it's just for me. I say, but the disciple makers are even fewer, right? Those who are making disciples are even fewer. 
That's where our mini churches come in and life class and men's group tomorrow night. And we want to equip you. This church, right, we're not about the show and have a better show to come to the show. We're not about putting on a meeting. This is a movement of God. Start in the living room with those who want to run there with the gospel. Start in the living room. It's grown into many churches and movements all over, right? So there's a lot of, we are part of a bigger movement of God. Amen? Those who are running with the gospel. We are here today because people radically sacrificed their life to run with sharing the gospel, making disciples. So praise the Lord, right? And it's going to continue. It's going to outlive us. It's going to outlive me. Amen? Okay, so part two today. In your notes, we're going to look at Paul. More about Paul, right? Paul is like the, well, I'll say the Christian version of David Goggins because he isn't, David Goggins swears a lot. I can't quote him, but, you know, but he's hilarious. If you know who that guy is, you can look him up for your parent, but he's just gnarly, like just runs a lot. So familiar with that guy? No? Okay. You guys good. All the fitness guys. Yeah, I know who that is. Cool, cool, cool. All the runners are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No excuses. You're running right right now. Okay. So here we go. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 20, all right? And disclaimer, you do not have to have all of these qualities, you know, don't automatically, like, dismiss yourself, like, well, it's not for me. You don't have to be the ultra marathoner or the pro, pro obstacle racer. You can be maybe, like, the kids in junior high P.E., Run. I am running. <laughs> and we tell these kids, running is two feet off the ground at the same time. Right? So they're like, I'm running. Like, run. Okay? So you could be PE clap, junior high PE, run. A little bit of running. Make sense? But I'll throw that in there for jokes, but no one laughed. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I can run with vans on. <laughs> As you turn to chapter, Acts 20. Here we go. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. Okay, so like the church, the wise counsel of the church. Paul is writing this letter. When they arrived, he said to them, this is Paul. You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility. Say humility. Humility, okay? Read this whole thing first. And with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So one passage, I want to take some of those highlights really easy. It's like I just kind of circle words that stand out to me. Humility. Say humility. Humility might be the most important characteristic or attribute for, to cultivate in your heart to share the gospel because it's not about you. It wasn't about Paul's platform or Paul's Instagram followers. Paul did not care if he was being praised or not. Paul was humble. Paul didn't lord his leadership over these elders in the church, right? He didn't lord his, like, uh, being, being a pastor, being, like, the, the guy. 
He was just, shh. He was humble. Because not everybody is going to accept the gospel. Not everybody is going to be willing to listen. Um, when you're facilitating a mini church, this is not about you uh, trying to um, show how smart you are in the Bible or try to prove how successful you are as a person. Facilitating our mini churches is just facilitating what God is doing. You're, you're hosting the presence of God for people to experience God, not experience your um, Facebook Bible degree or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So this is about, um, this is about just loving people uh, and then taking no offense. I'm talking about not taking offense when people um, disagree with, with you or don't like it. Uh, when Trish and I first started Aloha Church, uh, we still do this. We have people at our house, and we're having people at our house casting the vision of Aloha Church, making a meal, and we meet with them. And then it was like a string of like three couples in a row. They, 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 never, they never came back. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> It, it, it's hard not to take that personally, right? Trish was like, should we have people at our house anymore? I don't know, maybe we're doing a bad thing, you know, maybe. But we keep having people at our house and keep being hospitable, right? It says an elder and a leader over overseer must be hospitable. <laughs> we're hospitable. But it can be um, oftentimes uh, we can take that personally if people um, like our neighbors or just don't want nothing to do with it. You're going to get rejected, Right? Here's a verse, I think, uh, it goes back to, oh, I could send that verse later, I guess. Yeah, save it up here. Tears, with tears. Paul, you think Paul, he was a pretty gnarly guy. He was chained and beaten and tortured, and, but with tears, with tears, it pressed on him. His passion for Jesus and for people manifested in tears. He longed for people to know what he enjoyed, to walk in freedom of what we say is the new covenant. You know, we can ask, like, is there anyone here, sometimes you, when you share for your family, there's awesome tears. You want so desperately for a, uh, maybe a spouse or a child, a grandchild, auntie, uncle, neighbor, coworker, to know Jesus, and you cry. And there's tears for these people. It's who do you love? That's what I, would tell, I tell pastors or church planners, like, who do you love? Don't tell me the kind of church you want or kind of all the, all the show, what, the, the service. Who do you love? Who are you crying for? Who do you have a heart for? And as you know, we have, uh, I, I, I love Joel, and Joel's always crying, right? Joel cries for our entire church, probably for people. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Joel, Joel's in Spain right now. He's probably watching. Joel, he's probably crying right now yeah. <laughs> for you, right? Joel preaches, he's always like tearing up. He's so moved with compassion. Maybe you're like me, you cry on the inside. Tears are falling on the inside right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But who's your heart break for, for people? And is there a people or a community that your heart breaks for? You know, like we want to pray for you as you run to share the gospel. And you can ask for prayer for those people at the end of service too. Number three, uh, keeps reading, it says, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, expect opposition. If you're a person that wants to run with the gospel, or can I run with the gospel? Expect opposition, right? Like, don't go looking for opposition. Some people look for opposition. Expect opposition. 
To receive this ministry, you must prepare for setbacks. People will disagree. There'll be misunderstanding as you're trying to articulate the gospel and the good news, and you have the, the, a right answer, but oftentimes you're saying it like you feel like you're saying it wrong, you're tripping over your words. I do this all the time. I'm learning myself. But expect opposition. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. It's foolishness. It doesn't make sense to those who are blind, to those who are dead in sin, a slave to sin. The master of their life is the enemy, and they don't see it. It's, so the gospel and freedom and new life with Christ and living a new covenant, you're no longer yours, but your, your identity is in Christ, that sounds ridiculous to those who are perishing. When we bring a good news to them, that's hard because it's the Holy Spirit's job to teach. It's not our job to teach. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the one to illuminate our heart to Scripture. But we who are being saved, it is the very power of God. And if you've stepped into this power, the gospel is power for salvation. You have this power, supernatural power, and you're alive in Christ. You're a new person. It's a supernatural power. So that's hard to articulate with our limited vocabulary. So what we do, we pray for them, we, we tear for them, and then we love them, and we share the gospel in love. Remember we said a value of a law at church is love. If it's not in love, we're not going to do it, right? Sometimes holding the signs with the turn, burn stuff, that's not love. That's not a message for unbelievers is Jesus coming back. The message for unbelievers is he saves you, he loves you, he died for you, he wants to be one with you, he has a plan for your life. He's forgiven you. His kindness leads to repentance. Amen? Kindness. Kindness is in love. We have um, uh, Aloha missionaries in the Middle East because it's recording. I don't want to say their name or where they're at, but uh, you can, you, she was on staff here, uh, grew up with me in Kailua Beach, right? And her and her husband are like, we yearn to love people and bring Aloha to the Middle East. And you can go on our website. We, we support them. We pray for them. We're always getting updates. But they have a lot of opposition. Like stuff we don't even, it won't even happen in San Diego. Crazy opposition. Hiding people, trying to get them out. I'm like, what? That's heavy. Just come back to San Diego. <laughs> but they're saying, we are so compelled to be here, to love people here. And so there we brought them on there on our website and we, we support them and we love them and we pray for them. If that is a place you would like to go, it's, it's safe uh, for you. Um, we want to send you there. If that burns in your heart, we would love to get a lot of you guys on missions trips out of the San Diego bubble, out of the Western world, church culture. You go to Middle East, we're building homes in Mexico, an uh, orphanage in Mexico. Jesse goes there twice a year. Um, some of you guys just like, I go to the hood, I'm scared, you know? <laughs> you get off of, uh, by the Coronado Bridge in that area, you know? You're nervous. Some of you are nervous. That's okay. All right? We'll take you some places. We can start right in your neighborhood. Sometimes the neighbor you live next to, that could be scary. <laughs> okay? Talking to your kids would be scary. Your, your, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your grandma. Right? That could be scary. You can meet with opposition. 
Sometimes we meet our own families and feel great opposition. So sometimes when you go across the world and you're talking to strangers, you feel like, this is kind of easier. Right? It can be. It can be fun. Anyways, we pray for them. Um, let's keep reading. Paul keeps reading. So that was three right there on your notes. If you're following along, cool. 11 o'clock. Here we go. Paul says, And you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks they must turn to God repentance. So number um, four is teaching and uh, sharing and teaching, declaring and teaching. Sorry, declaring and teaching, right? Become comfortable sharing the gospel. Some of you are like, I don't even know what the gospel is. Is it the good news, the four gospels, the synoptic gospels? What's the gospel? Jesus died for you, go to heaven. We taught for two months the full gospel. You can look on our podcast, um, the full gospel, all through October, November, December. It's, we took like a long time explaining the full gospel. We also have a resource book at the table. You can take a picture of it. It's called Back to the Gospel. It's a book. We have life class. Explains the gospel. Joel's teaching a Bible class. Explains the gospel. Paul wasn't ashamed to always preach the gospel. We're not going to be ashamed to preach the full gospel to you so you can articulate it in your own words. All right? I had a gal yesterday. I shared with me, hey, Pastor Drew, I'm a coworker. And then she asked me about the gospel. And I was like, oh. And she tried to explain the gospel in her own words. Praise the Lord. Make it your own. Right? Don't use my words. I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate the gospel to you and to different people. It's going to be different stories. The gospel is explained through your life. And ask questions. But become comfortable articulating, understanding the gospel. So Paul says we have to have one spirit. That's great. We also have to have one mind. One mind is understanding what the gospel is. Amen? That's what he says. So, or I always think of like, uh, I didn't know how to show, I was going to show the video of Nacho Libre saying, they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. <laughs> right? I was like, do I show that video? Or not? I don't know. But I just said it. So anyway, kind of PG version. Right? Nacho Libre fans? Yes, like the best movie ever. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Because a youth pastor has like every year watch Nacho Libre. It's the greatest. Right? And then me and my friends, we just quote Nacho Libre quotes. Because he's the best. I want a taste of the glory. Okay, enough Nacho Libre. But he knew a lot about the gospel. All right? Maybe. Okay. You don't have to be a gifted communicator. Paul did it. He didn't care. Large crowd, homes, public, public, or house to house. Everywhere you go, we're sharing the gospel. This was Paul's life. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Teaching repentance. This would be number, number six. Teaching repentance. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance, have faith in Jesus. So the gospel does two things. It turns people away from sin, and it turns people towards God. So repenting, we talked about this before, metanoia, to change one's mind, to turn one's mind. That's what repentance means. Oftentimes, it's kind of more slanted towards uh, change your attitude or clean yourself up first, like clean your life so people think they have to clean up their life and then go to church. It's kind of like cleaning up the dishes incredibly and then putting them in the dishwasher. You just put them dirty dishes in the dishwasher. And my kids do. You got to clean them off a little bit. It's a bad analogy, right? 
change the way you think about God. All through the Gospels, the parables, we, all summer long we say, this is what people think about God. This is actually how God is. He has inexhaustible grace. He loves you so much. He came and died for you and wants to live inside of you. He wants to have union with you. Change the way you think about God, about religion, right? And that's a start. That the gospel changes the way you think about God, religion, and yourself, and achieving and climbing the spiritual ladder to turning your heart towards Jesus, towards freedom in Christ, towards the new covenant. Amen? That's what the gospel does. This is what Paul is preaching. Number seven, faith in our Lord Jesus. The gospel connects people to faith and to an ongoing experience and union with Jesus. Amen? Through the proclamation of Jesus, we need to help people realize there's a difference between repentance and faith that will help us form Christ in people. There's repentance and then there's faith. Faith is the conduit that grace flows into our life. Grace is the power that saves us, the, right? It's, it's a gift. What would you do to get saved? Nothing. You had faith. What do we do to sanctify ourselves? Faith. Jesus does that. What do we do to purify ourselves? It's a grace through faith. Helps people to walk by faith, live in faith. That's what the gospel does. It helps form a better theology, an understanding of God and how he lives inside of you. Amen? This is what the gospel does. We want to help equip you to run with the gospel. A lot of times we think we're running with the gospel when we sit in church listening to one person talk about the gospel. We want to equip you to run with the gospel, to continue the movement the mission of God. Amen? Not just to put on meetings, but to run with the mission. Right? We said not just to change light bulbs, but to change lives. That's the vision of Aloha Church, the sending church, sending you out. I'm not trying to pack out this place. Praise the Lord. We have a lot of empty chairs. Oh, thank Jesus. I was like, to do two services, I never want to do that. I one service. <laughs> Everybody eats together, and then we hang out, and then we're sent on the mission, the same mission of God, because why? Harvest is plentiful, laborers are few, amen? But it takes a few people to change the world, amen? Only a few, a few people did change the world, the original disciples. They're young people, and they gave their lives. They, were all, they all were tortured, except for John. Exile. Amen. Okay, so eight. You're like, wow, that's gnarly. That's David Goggins stuff. I'm just running. Compelled by the Spirit. Here we go. Compelled by the Spirit. And now, verse 22, if you have it up here, you got it, Caesar? And now compelled. Say compelled. Motivated. Led. Right? Um, exhorted. Um, encouraged by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Compelled by the Spirit. I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me. And then Paul says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. You imagine being Paul. His friends are like, hey, dude, the Holy Spirit's warning you, prison and hardships. And some of his friends are like, that means don't go. And Paul's like, no, that means actually I'm going to go. I just am compelled. I have to go. I have to go and do this. I have to share. 
even though the Holy Spirit's warning me. You'd think like Paul, you'd be like, the Holy Spirit knows this and he's going to protect me from all these people. No. The Holy Spirit warns them, prepare your heart for opposition. It's not going to be easy. However, I consider, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of grace of God. So a person cultivating the heart to run with the gospel, to share the gospel in our communities, right, considers these things, considers the value of your life, what it compels your life, what motivates your life, what is your life ultimately worth living for, the legacy you're living behind. Paul's own life took a back seat. Right? He wasn't concerned about his life, about his title, or about all that stuff. A lot of times we get caught up in that. Um, a lot of times we get caught up if we are overlooked or not appreciated for, for serving or for doing something, you know, sometimes in our life as mom, dad, whatever you're, you're doing, just in life, we kind of get overlooked sometimes. It's like, hey, I want recognition for this. His, Paul's life took a backseat. That could be a hardship. What are you doing it for? What's your motivation? Um, it's not for personal gain, right? Paul also said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Number 10, keep it moving. Testifying to God's grace. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The only thing that can save and empower people is God's grace. Testifying to the gospel of God's grace regardless of the cross, Right? It is a secret to growing into maturity is God's grace. There's disciplines. Those are really good. Let the disciplines serve your faith. But if the most, uh, if you grow into maturity because you're so good at discipline, then the most disciplined person would give um, glory to their own disciplines. Let disciplines serve your faith that Jesus is maturing you. We want to grow up discipline, growing up in church. We want to continue in our faith, continue in faith. The grace of God matures us through his grace, inexhaustible grace. We speak a lot about grace. And a lot of times people think, oh, man, there's like messy grace. There's like, there's sometimes the religious world like caps grace for people. The religious spirit is like, grace is good, man. Grace for me is great. But they they've kind of used their grace punch card too much. You know what I mean? Like, that's too much grace. You've blown it, like, way too many times. What do we do about that person? Jesus, inexhaustible grace. So much grace. Jesus has way more grace than you could ever have the capacity to sin. He has oceans of grace, and you only really need, like, a small cup, a drop of grace. That's all you need. But Jesus has oceans of grace. A religious person that doesn't sit well with them. Yeah, but a lot of yeah buts coming out of a religious part heart. Yeah, but that's too much grace. They gotta start, you know. Ah, that's too much. I've arrived. Sometimes religious people think they've arrived so much that Jesus didn't have to die for them. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Don't raise your hand if you know people like that. Okay? We give them grace. We give them grace too, right? 
if you've been around church world or it's like there's always that heart oh that's that that's that religious spirit what they've done we speak grace grace is the power that saves us grace is how we mature um, here's one verse that kind of goes that says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So those, we think, people who are abusing grace, they don't understand grace. They're actually receiving God's mercy. They're getting God's mercy, not getting what they deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Had a delivery guy said, yeah, man, I go, yeah, you just, you just like ask God for forgiveness. You just keep doing it, right? I'm like, actually, that, your understanding of grace is different. <laughs> Shall we go on sinning? By no means. When you are dead to sin, alive in Christ, right, sin is no longer a part of you. You're not a sinner. That's not your identity. Jesus is your new identity. He sees you as pure and holy. This is the grace he's given you, Amen. I just, I just blew you guys' minds right there. You're like, that was good. I didn't know I was going to say that. That must be from Holy Spirit. Joel, water break. So I got to try to go. I'm crying. It's too much. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> okay. Two more verses. Here we go. Let me see. Let's finish it up. Now I know that none of you, none of them, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today, I'm innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Say whole will of God. Some translations say the whole counsel of God, the full gospel, right? Keep watch over yourselves and all of the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So he's speaking to leaders. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So I only pick two things out of here. One is a um, person who runs with the gospel, teaches the whole will of God, the whole counsel of God. You're like, I don't know the whole counsel of God. I haven't even read the whole counsel of God, right? I don't even know. We learn the whole, as you step out and as you're going, where are we being equipped? Like I said, I make a joke. I still haven't taught Revelation yet here at Lower Church. That's the end of the Bible, you know? I'll get there. I'm just not, right? slow. It's a slow runner. We'll get there. It's a marathon. We'll get there one day. Okay? I'll throw some Revelation verses in there. Check. The whole gospel. And then number two, um, how to sum this up, is knows that Jesus died for the people. Knows that the people are reaching, Jesus loves them more than you love them. <laughs> if we love people, you're like, man, maybe I don't even love these people. God loves them. Jesus died for everybody so that no one will perish. And that's the message that we carry with us as we have God's heart in us. We develop God's heart for people. And there's a love we have for people that we don't even know because we know that Jesus died for them. This is why we can um, 
when it says, or your leaders or pastors, shepherding the flock that the Holy Spirit has given to us, is for you, you are God's flock, not mine. Although a church is God's church, amen? I'm a pastor here on staff doing my part of the body. And we pray for you. I know that God loves you. His faith is it's for you. He's, he's the head of your life. You know, I may be a, a voice uh, to teach the Bible, but the Holy Spirit's teaching you the word of God. Don't just take what I say or any pastor says. Let the Holy Spirit teach you the whole counsel of God. Amen? And as you run with the gospel, many of you are already running with the gospel and running with the good news. You have people in your life you're praying for, you're fasting for, you're always doing prayers for. We want to help you and come alongside of you and pray with you for people. You're maybe thinking of people right now in your life. You can come and ask for prayer. You don't have to give names. Just say, I'm praying for someone to receive Jesus in their life. We want to pray with you. And when they do, we want to celebrate with you. That's awesome. But the Holy Spirit, God is like, he's, there's, a, there's a, a mission in life. Our life is short. To radically surrender our life for the sake of the gospel. Harvest is plentiful. Workers are few. Pray for the Lord to send the workers. Amen? So let's pray. I'm going to pray for you, many of you. You may not be here. You may be coming through Aloha Church in a season. I pray as long as you're here, you would get equipped and be compelled by the Holy Spirit to usher the presence of God in your life, to reach people wherever you're at. Father, Jesus, thank you so much for allowing us to be in San Diego, one of the most beautiful cities in America. So many people coming through San Diego in Pacific Beach. It's a very transient place. Lord, thank you for all the military families, for all the college students, for all the people in PB just living wild and out. We thank you, God. Harvest is plentiful. Laborers are few. Lord, raise up. Raise up people in this church to run with the gospel, just to run as hard as they can. Maybe they're just as slow as they, wherever they're at. We don't have to pretend to run like ultramarathoners. Lord, for those running like those kids in PE class, just one step at a time, one person at a time, bless them. Want everyone to reach one, to change the world, change San Diego. Lord, we thank you for the girls um, at the prayer house girls, all not from San Diego, praying every Wednesday for San Diego. And it blew up to have hundreds of people praying at that home, which has changed now to five days a week. That's awesome, Jesus. Thank you for all the people who prayed for us. Thank you for my mom who prayed for me as a kid. I was a punk kid. She prayed. Lord, thank you for all the people who prayed for us to receive Jesus. Lord, there's people in our life right now that are hearts breaking for a spouse, a child, a grandchild, a cousin that is living far from Jesus. Lord, you died for them. You're right with them. 
We may not be able to be with them every day, but you're with them. Your life sustains their life. They're alive because you're alive, Jesus, and they don't even know it. They're already forgiven, and they don't even know it. That brings us hope. So if you think of those names, we pray right now, the Holy Spirit would reach those people, touch them, speak to them, send someone to love them, an encouraging word. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time, lots of love and aloha. Aloha.